Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm Bill Kelly. This is a very special day. This is the kickoff for our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign. And uh, we are always pl- happy to, to bring some of our special guests, some of our special partners that we work with day in and day out around the community to deliver some great services. And that, that happens, obviously, through your generation. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and listen to our conversations with some of our great community partners as we continue with our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope and Blitz Day. The Bill Kelly Podcast starts now. Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. This is uh, Blitz Day, the beginning of Blitz Weekend, as we do every year as the official kickoff to the uh, CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign. The tree lighting will be happening downtown at Gore Park later on this evening, and uh, Scott Thompson's going to be at Gore Park live on location to bring that to you. But in the meantime, uh, we will be uh, introducing you to a number of the people and organizations that are our partners in in helping to make this a better community around the Christmas season. Uh, and that's all, of course, uh, done through your donations and your uh, generosity with the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope. We're going to talk to some of the people that uh, that we partner with, some of the, our, our organizations around the community that offer the the great services to help this uh, make this a, a great community. And we're going to talk with them. And, uh, and also talk with you. And, of course, remind you, of course, that now you can start making donations. The best place to do it maybe is online. At uh, Just go to 900chml.com and follow the links, and you can make your donation online for our Tree of Hope campaign. Uh, or you can drop stuff off if you want to wrap uh, an unwrapped toy, that is. Uh, you can do that here at the Radio Center and, of course, at the corner of Main and Longwood uh, during business hours. And if you come in here, you'll notice that uh, our, our lobby here looks like Santa's workshop. I mean, it's full of toys. It's just an incredible place. Uh, Hamilton Firefighters are our partners in this. You can do, make your donations there as well. We'll give you all that information as we go through the program today. But it's always a joy to uh, to talk to some of the folks that uh, that we uh, are partnering with and uh, that help to make this such a fabulous community. And uh, you're going to meet some of them through the course of the day today. Starting off with, of course, it's uh, Christine Mulder, who is the uh, Director of Programs and Partnerships with Open Doors at uh, St. Christopher's. Uh, and... Um, and, and a family friend, really, aren't you? Good. Uh, thanks for coming in today. Mystery, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, your mom and I are dear friends from a long, long time ago, of course. Carm used to work here at this radio station, and, and your stepdad for many, many years, too, Bob Hooper, of course, uh, the legendary Bob Hooper, oh, yeah. and, and the legendary Carm as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, talk to me a little bit about about uh, you Open Doors at St. Christopher's and your organization. Yeah, so Open Doors um, is the ministry work of this big church, St. Christopher's Anglican in Burlington. And it it started um, quite small, but it has grown to this um, um, beautiful community hub with uh, many different, we have about 12 free programs um, for the community to come and check out. from we feed approximately uh, three thousand hot meals a year. Um, we serve about eleven thousand um, um, people through our food bank. Um, it, it's quite it's it's quite impactful in the community. It's funny. I was talking to uh, to Mary and Mead Ward, the mayor of Burlington, and and. And Rick Goldwing, the, front, the former mayor of Burlington, and, and, and part of the one of the myths of this community. This that sounds really bizarre to say this, but well, Burlington—that's that's a wealthy community. They oh, don't—they yeah. don't have poverty. They don't have people. They, they have the same issues every other city has. Oh, a hundred percent. The stats are one in ten yeah. uh, live in poverty in in the Halton region, and uh, that filters down into Burlington. Mm-hmm. And a more um, a more not impressive but scarier number is that forty percent of them are children under the age of eighteen. Wow. 
Yeah. Childhood poverty is something that, that you know, we pe- I guess we can't really get, seem to get our heads around, but but it's it's a it's a growing issue. It's a concerning mm-hmm. issue, uh, and a, a lot of it, of course, is based on on what's going on right now in 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 our economies. Uh, people are having trouble making ends meet. That's really what it comes down to. You know, that it's a matter of in many families, do I pay the mortgage or the rent, whatever the case might be, or do I buy groceries? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We're very food centric at yep. uh, Open Doors, so a lot of our programming goes to help um, keep the fridge full um, for our community members. Whether, like I said, we have two hot meals a week, we have a community garden, a food bank. All of our programs have some sort of food component to it, in in hopes that you know that that helps alleviate some of the other um, financial issues that people are, are dealing with, especially at this time of year. Well, yeah, but all through the year, but especially this time of year. But I mean, you know, they, people have to eat and it gets to be a growing problem. Uh, when we talk about, well, you know, we've talked on this program for many, many months now, many, many years, I guess, about, you know, utility rates going up and rents going up and, and affordable housing, which is at a premium, including in Burlington. Mm-hmm. And I know that you, you really at both ends of the spectrum, though, aren't you, Christina? There's, there's kids that you're worried about. Seniors are also in that, 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 that predicament as well yeah fixed fixed incomes yes we we have a a couple of senior specific programs um and when i I haven't done the complete numbers for 2019 but when i started them a few weeks ago um we're looking at about 30 percent of the people we serve are seniors um and their needs are, are, are just as great. They face similar barriers of, of transportation and um, access to fresh local foods, to, to clothing, to companionship. They find themselves isolated quite a bit. It, it is quite a concern. Part of the problem, though, is to get the message out, doesn't it? To let people know that you're there for them? Uh, it is. It's challenging. Um, you know, we try and use forms of, of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we try and go, uh, we work with partners um, in the community and, and we try and get the message out that way um, because, you know, people walk through the door and they don't realize at Open Doors how many things, you know, they might come through the door and ask, you know, about our food bank. Um, but we're pretty intentional about making sure that when the food bank's open, you know, five other programs are open because it's not just food that that person needs. You know, we partnered with the Canadian Mental Health Association, so we have free counseling weekly. Um, we have a free clothing store that they could come and get uh, some of their needs met there. Uh, kids clubs, tweens clubs. So we try and do it, a, a wraparound service if we if we can. And, th- and the things that we can't do, we have partnerships with Halton Region where we um, it's called social navigation. Sure, and we help yeah. them, you know, work work through whatever it is that they they need to get their needs met. Once they walk through the door, it's it's, it's as if they find, hey, I've got a friend here, somebody I can talk to, somebody I can I can get my feelings out and, and maybe, you know, have a, a an empathetic year. I'm not going to lie. We're really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find, we have many hallways where you can find a couple of people just sitting and chatting. And a lot of the people do just come for that to, to be heard. You know, we can't always meet all of the needs uh, of everybody that comes through the door. Um, but we can listen. We can have a cup, a cup of coffee. Um, and, and St. Christopher's, um, I've learned, um, to be, um, I'm honored to be a part of them. Um, they're they're very good at that, at their hospitality and their pastoral care and, and welcoming uh, new folks into their environment. Well, I know that uh, in in the past you used to volunteer at neighbor to neighbor here mm-hmm. up on uh, Hamilton Mountain, and and you've moved over to Burlington now for for this great program too. But one of the key elements and one of the consistent elements through both of those programs is people who will listen. 
Yes. Uh, you know, it's not just uh, here we are. What you? Know, it's what's what? What's going on in your life? What you know? What's what's concerning you? What's bothering you? Yeah, if you're not sometimes, sometimes people just need an ear. A hundred percent. And if you're not listening to the people that you're quote unquote serving, how can you advocate for them? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, a lot of the things that we do too is try and help people advocate for themselves. So. You know, I can't tell someone what they need unless I'm sitting there listening to, you know, what it really is that they do need. Where can they get a hold of you? Uh, They can reach me at um, Open Doors. Uh, We are on Guelph Line. Um, You want the telephone number? (laughs) Guelph Line near where? Oh, you're going to ask my directional skills now? We are south of the uh, highway. Okay, you're south of the highway, so you're heading downtown. 662 Guelph Line Road. (laughs) That's where you can get a hold of us. Okay. Um, Right now we have just social media outlets that they can reach us, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, We do have a website, uh, stcb.ca, and a fresh new one coming hopefully in the new year. All right, and if if you're listening to this right now, just Google Open Doors Burlington, and and (laughs) it'll all be there for you. Thanks so much for coming in, and thank you for the great work that you do in the community. Thanks for having us, and and thank you for um, being a partner with us. The Children's Fund means a lot to our programming. Um, it, it helps ease our minds and know that we will get to the people that we need to get to. So, And that's part of the tradition of CHML, of course. So, you know, we, back in the day when your mom worked here and everything, it was hometown radio. It's all about hometown. It's all about, you know, serving the people in this community. It always yes. has been. Yep. Work together. Thanks so much, Christina. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. As we mentioned, we're going to uh, talk with some of the folks that are our partners uh, that we work with with our CHML Children's Fund uh, through the course of the year. Uh, to ha- try to enhance this community and to uh, give everybody uh, a leg up, uh, those who need it. Uh, and uh, well, you, we talked with Christine Mulder just a few minutes ago from St. Christopher's. Uh, Greg Mills is here from Canusa. Thanks for coming in today and, and jumping out of work for a little while. Good to have you back here. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me again. This is one of the great traditions, of course, and, and CHML, of course, has been so intricately affiliated with Canusa over the years with our, our dear friend, the late Bill Stirrup, of course, who wa- was Mr. Canusa for so many years. Uh, and it, it, this is a great tradition. And, and it's one of these things that, uh, that you know, when we talk about this with other communities, like, yeah, we've got this. I know some of the communities say, yeah, we twin with this community and that city over there and this. this. But this is, this is a special relationship between us and Flint, isn't it? It is. 62 years and running. And it, it makes it the longest running sports competition annually in North America. Others have tried and done it for a few years. Burlington had one with, of course, with Vermont for a while, and uh, they they come and go for a variety of reasons. But this one has has stayed steadfast through the whole thing, and there's there's a real bond between these two communities. It has. It's it's run by volunteers on both sides, and when you put together something you know of this magnitude, you you really have to know the people you're working with. So we know the people in Flint pretty well, and you know we know our community here in Hamilton pretty well. Uh, and there's a competitive element to this, but there's a friendship thing to this as well. And I, I've known many, the, I mentioned Bill Stirb, many of the volunteers that have worked there. My, my good friend Terry Anderson, who I served on city council with for many, many years, has worked uh, very, very diligently with the Canusa thing. Uh, it's great to see, isn't it, the people come back year after year to say, how are we going to make this work this year? Well, and that's a lot of what it is. The volunteers love coming back for that reason. You know, how often do you get to see your friends from Flint? So. The partnerships, and, and, and talk to us a little bit about this for the years that you've been involved in this, because I'm always amazed when I talk to some of the people who participate in this. Uh, and some of them were kids way back when. They're adults now. 
uh, and some of their kids are now involved in the Canusa games, but they still have this relationship with the families that they used to, to meet back in those days. Yeah, they totally do. We've seen relationships last for 20 and 30 years now. You know, people will be going to their billets, weddings, or anniversaries, and things like that, and they keep in contact from year to year to year. It's it's fabulous to see, uh, and it's such a great relationship, of course, that's going back and forth. And, uh, and of course, when, when Flint was having their problems, I guess they're still really having their problems now when it came to uh, water quality and things of this nature, it was uh, so gratifying uh, to see organically the people in Hamilton who said, hey, those are our brothers and sisters there, let's help out. And, and, and the, the relationship and the help that they gave to that community was just in- incredible. Yeah, absolutely. We were able to take... Uh you know, truckloads of water over. Uh, we didn't let it affect the games at all. We uh, we adjusted where we held it for one year. Yeah, I remember, yeah, that you yep. said, yeah, it was supposed to be in Flint that year. We said, no, no, we'll we'll host you guys. Come on up here. Yeah, and it went over, you know, seamlessly. So. So for those who are not fully aware of this, maybe we should talk a little bit about, about how this started and, and how it has maintained such a, a, a great, great commitment between these two communities. Sure. It started uh, 62 years ago. Um, the two athletic trusts of each city, like the two athletic bodies of each city, got together and wanted to have a competition. Um, they, uh, they met through, I believe the YMCA was involved and the Flint uh, Athletic uh, organization in the time um, and they had a few different sports and you know we've just kept going from there uh, and it's 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 a fun competition obviously uh, and you know the mayors of, of each community get involved in this and and uh, and obviously the volunteers uh, you know when we have it here in Hamilton of course you, you we see festivities and, and uh, events going on right across the community here up in Bernie Arbor uh, and, and so many other different parks right now uh, and it's only one weekend, but it's 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 something that seems to have this lasting memory for so many folks. Yeah, it is, and sport helps with that. Sure, um, you've got to have some practices before the competition, and then the the competition weekend comes, and you meet someone from a different city. You have to live with that person for the weekend for the different city, and that's how we build the relationships and and develop those relationships between the participants, and that's what allows this to keep running. As long as this has been going on, though, and this is one of the really kind of neat things about this, Greg, uh, there are some pretty elite athletes that have participated in this, and they're younger, have gone on to do great things in athletics and, and in other enterprises as they got older. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well-known Hamilton ones, Joanne Millar. Sure. Fantastic swimmer. Um, Flint has had a number of basketball players go through. Um Mo Peterson played for the yeah. Raptors. He Mo, was a Mo Pete. He, yeah, Mo P. He uh, he is back in Flint. He spoke at our opening ceremonies this past year, actually. Uh, Rick Leach, who is a, a a baseball player and a football player, who of course went on and played uh, football and actually baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays at yes, one point. Yeah, that's he was true. he was a Flint athlete that participated in the games for many years. He was. Yeah. So it goes on and on and on like this, and you never know who you're going to run into in situations like that. Uh, listen, it's it's great to have you here, and it's so good to be a partner with you guys uh, with the Canusa Games and, and with the, the Children's Fund. We're so happy that we are able to help you to uh, to contribute year after year after year to this. Uh, keep it going. I, this happens because of the contributions that, of course, people make to our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope and our Children's Fund campaign. But it also happens, as you've told us many times, because of the many volunteers who come to the fore and say, hey, how can I help? What can I do? 
Well, that, that is true. And and we do really thank you because we rely so heavily on our community partners and 900 CHML and the Christmas Tree of Hope to keep this going and to give these kids the experiences that we're able to. Now, it's going to be happening again uh, next year. Where, where are they we'll game? be in Hamilton this yeah, okay, coming year. Okay, yep. so we're hosting it again next year. Uh, so if you're participating or if you want to participate in this, uh, you can get information and just Google Canusa Games and they'll have all the details about how you can try out And because you're looking for athletes. And more importantly, you're looking for billets too, families that want to get involved in this. Yes, we're always looking for billets because there's always times where you've got some more athletes that we need to house than we have the housing. So we will be looking at that closer to August, absolutely. It's a great opportunity for you to establish lifelong relationships and friendships with uh, some fabulous people from Michigan too. Greg, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, my pleasure. Greg Mills, of course, from Canusa Games. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. And as we mentioned, what we want to do uh, on this program today is uh, introduce you to some of our partners here in this community who uh, are beneficiaries of, of the great generosity that you show us every year with your donations to the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope, including the Telling Tales program. And Naomi Brun is here. Uh, thanks for coming in today, first of all. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. You and I were talking just before we started the segment here, and uh, and I mentioned you, you're singing to the choir here. I, I'm a strong advocate for reading, for books, uh, for literature. Uh, you know, whether it's Shakespeare, whether it's comic books, I don't care what, just read. Uh, and Hamilton Public Library, of course, are one of the great partners in this. Tell us a little bit about Telling Tales. Yeah, Telling Tales is a really fantastic organization. We've had um, 11 years of very successful festivals. And in the beginning, families would come and they would bring their children and those children keep coming back. So the festival has grown over the years. We have a nice blend of picture books and graphic novels and novels and teen teen reads. So that there really is something for everybody. And every year the festival just keeps getting bigger and better. We can showcase really fantastic Canadian talent. Kids can discover their next favorite author, um, come back and see their favorites. It's terrific. It's all about reading. Mm-hmm. And and the most important thing about that, of course, is, is to get people to start reading at an mm-hmm. early age. Because once you start, uh, it's infectious. And, and I mean, we, as we've talked about, our family is like that. We, we, have, we have a library in our house uh, because of this. And, and, you know, we're just voracious readers. Our, our, our daughters and our son are the same way. My son probably reads about three or four books a week. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and, and I'm talking novels. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, you know, there's so much to this, and people don't understand the, the, the importance of something like this. It it informs you. It's entertaining. There's so many different things. And, and you know, anybody who says, well, I, I don't want to read, there's something for everybody. All you have to do is start opening a book, and, and bingo, it's, it's a different world for you. Absolutely. And anything that we can do to help kids fall in love with reading is, it's so important. And when kids are reading, and then they can live the story, they can act out the story, story, they, they can draw, it inspires them to um, to think and to learn and to grow in all different sorts of ways. It, yeah, it's really fantastic. The thing I, uh, that I always uh, try to, to talk about people, this is, I mean, we're in a different age now. It's 2019. There are video games, there are movies, there's online streaming. You can watch just about anything you want anytime. But what you miss when you do that, and I do that too, don't mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, is theater of the mind. That's when right. you read, you're creating the image in your head, and that's that's a different a different experience, isn't it? Absolutely. And when you're reading, and you can picture what the characters are like, and the voices, and and everything, then you're you're taking your part as a reader and creating the story, which is very very important. Also, with graphic novels, I find that really interesting because it's frame by frame, but there's the white space in between in between the frames where the mind really fills in what happens between mm-hmm. point A and point be, and I think that's a really good kind of brain development, too. You know, when I, I, I've talked to so many people that have gone through this. If you, if you read a novel, for mm-hmm. instance, 
Uh, and then at some point in the future, that, that comes onto the screen, whether it's television, movies, whatever. Invariably, I'll, I'll watch this and say, that's not who I thought that. No, no, that's not the way that character should look. That's not the way that character should be acting. Because in your mind, you've already mm. created that image. And that stays with you, doesn't it? It does, because the story becomes personal for yeah. you. Yeah. And, and you know, you and I may read the same book, but have mm-hmm. totally different interpretations of, of what the character looks like, how they act, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and that's, that's what gives you ownership of that story, and it becomes part of you. No, it's true. It's true, and it's terrific, because people, when they, when they can imagine themselves in the story and they're, they're thinking about the story, studies have shown it builds a kind of empathy as well, so it changes how you see the world around you, as well as the story that you're reading right now. And the books that, that we feature at Telling Tales really have something for all different sorts of um, tastes and interests and imagination nations and they they act as mirrors so you can see yourselves and as windows and doors so that you can see other people so it's a it makes a very nice bridge and there are no shortage of of great Mm -hmm. canadian authors i mean it's incredible that that the people that have have come forward here i mean we just watched the geller prize a couple of weeks ago of course Uh, there's that level of course but there's something else too i mean whether you want to talk about robert munch i mean go down the list of from kids books uh linwood barkley's a good friend of mine he's Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew Linwood when he was working for the Toronto Star, and he yep. says, "You know, I got this idea for a novel. Look at him now; he's he's an international superstar as a as a, as a writer and a novelist. It's and he's incredible. writing chil- and he's writing children's yeah, books too. Children's he won books the too. he won the um, Silver Birch Forest of Reading last yeah. year. Yeah, and we have some great local talent right here in Hamilton as well. And that Nicola Wynn Stanley, yes. who's a Hamilton author, she was nominated for the Governor General Award for Children for her Telling Tales book, How to um, How to Give a Cat a Bath in Five Easy Steps, which is not so easy. <laughs> and and illustrator Charlene Schwab. She's featured in here as well, and she's um, illustrated Amy Wu and the Perfect Bow, which is a fantastic story about a family cooking a traditional meal together, and then the young girl in this story is having trouble because her hands are so much smaller than the adult hands, and you're having to shape the dough for the ball with your own hands. So then she's figuring out, how do I make this work for me? And then she can participate in the traditional meal making together. So Charlene is a Hamilton illustrator, and then Karen Bass as well. So she's written this really terrific um, older middle grade book called Two Times a trader that's really riveting. All right, let's let's give a mm-hmm. plug for for libraries here, okay? Uh, yeah. Because not everybody can walk into Indigo and say, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'll buy that book." Uh, the libraries are, are a key resource. And I know when we were kids, it was like, oh, I got to do a project. I better go find the book in the library. Mm-hmm. Libraries have everything, including some of the great novelists that we've just talked about That's here. The right. authors, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or whatever the case might be, it's all available. And there's there's a whole new world as soon as you walk through those doors. And it's all free when you have a library card. So yep. when you get your free library card, you have access to about a million different items. You can fall in love again with reading, um, find your next favorite author, reread the same book as many times as you like. Um, everything's available. And with um, Hamilton Public Library's card as well, it can get you into the Hamilton Civic Museums for free. So you can extend the experience. You might be reading a historical story um, and then you want to go to Dundurn Castle or Whitehorn or something and turn that experience into something that's real life. And you can do that all for free with your library card. I, I mean, the downtown library is incredible. I mean, it's an incredible resource. But what you can go to Terryberry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're up in Ancaster, right mm-hmm. on Wilson Street. We're in that place all the time. Uh, they're all over the place. And it's an incredible resource. And, and libraries are everything. They're, we're talking about literature, obviously, mm-hmm. and books but there's so much more to libraries these days. Definitely. We have um, all sorts of programs. If we're talking about supporting reading for children, we have all sorts of programs for kids, right from story time in the beginning that um, helps kids get ready to read and builds early, builds early literacy skills right from birth, up to the book clubs for uh, tweens and teens. We have hands-on experiences, um, all, everything being very interactive, um, everything sort of directed towards learning. Our makerspace provides all sorts of fantastic opportunities as 
well. And then Hamilton Public Library supports things such as um, Forest of Reading, where we invite in thousands of kids from the school boards to come in and um, and join us for a series of author visits. Yeah, we really offer a wide range I, of I always used to love services. that when I go down to the downtown library. And I'm sure that happens at Terravere and the other places as well. Mm-hmm. But you go in there and you'd see there's a group of kids, there's a workshop going on. The kids would just mm-hmm. be sitting around there and, and, and they'd be talking about a specific book or a specific author. But it's, it's opening that door for children about, you know, about literature. And there, there is nobody who, who will not enjoy literature. It's just a matter of picking out the right genre, the right author, the right kind of book for That's them. That's right. And I think it's a good time, too, to highlight I Read Canadian Day. I'm not sure if you've heard of that um, of that initiative. But on February 19th, Telling Tales, Hamilton Public Library, Canadian Children's Book Centre, all different sorts of organizations that are promoting reading and literacy are all promoting Canadian titles um, on that particular day. So we're going to be featuring book, Canadian books in story time, Canadian book displays, um, Telling Tales has put out this fabulous reading list that's available on their website, Hamilton Public Library will as well, um, all featuring Canadian titles to help people find their next, again, their next great read, and draw more attention to the um, to the books that are written right here in Canada. We're pretty good at this, aren't we, at writing? I mean, I you know, so. we, we yeah, absolutely. Canadians are not really good at, at, at banging their own <laughs> drum and raising their own flag, but but uh, on an international scale, I mean, obviously the Margaret Atwoods jump up to mind when we start talking about this, but mm-hmm. and we mentioned Linwood Barclay and so many mm-hmm. other great people like this, but but there are some incredible authors in this country right now, some great Canadian literature. Ter- yeah, it's terrific, and really there's something for every sort of taste and interest. Again, on this Telling Tales reading list, if you're into um, historical mysteries, for instance, Kevin Sands' award-winning Blackthorn, Blackthorn Key series is absolutely incredible. I mean, it takes you to London and to Paris in um, late medieval, um, yeah, late medieval times and kids get to think about like being, I don't know, like code breaking and like apothecary sort of, um, I don't know, medieval science, I guess, is kind of incorporated in there and um, yeah, I don't know, stopping like stopping coups and international seizures and all different sorts of things. So that's there for kids who like that. Um, there are great books like, again, um, Snowhook is a terrific one about dog sledding and northern Ontario, northern Canada. So that's a very different kind of story. Again, very gentle sort of picture books. Um, there's funny books in here. Um, SKLE's Love from A to Z is a, again, outstanding book and it um, was a runner up in, our, in HPL Mm-hmm. Teen Top Novel Contest. So, yes, there's something for everybody, for sure. I would be remiss if we were talking about Canadian authors and I didn't mention Louise Penny. Uh, my wife and our daughters <laughs> would be saying, well, you didn't talk about that. Yes. A great series of books. If you love drama and, right. and murder mystery, uh, that's right. gamash, is, it, it, there's nothing like it. That's right. And again, everything from that to, I don't know, there's a series in here, almost epic, about a series of 13-year-old kids that have wonky superpowers. One of them blows their nose <laughs> and it turns into crime-fighting boogers. Like, <laughs> like there's, again, really something for everybody. Yeah. In on this list. Listen, it's telling tales. It's the Hamilton Public Library, and it's all about reading. It's about literature, and it's it's one of the great programs that uh, that we're so happy to be partnering with. Of course, with our uh, CHML Children's Fund. And anyway, thanks so much for coming in. And oh, you're keep, welcome. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. In the Nelson Youth Center, and uh, Cindy McClure is here from the Youth Center. Good, thanks for coming in today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Good to have you. Maybe yeah. you tell a little bit about uh, to our listeners about exactly what the Nelson, Nelson Youth Center is all about. Okay, Nelson Youth Center, it's a children's mental health center. So we work with kids between the ages of 6 and 18. And, you know, these are kids that are just struggling with emotional. They struggle connecting with other kids, and they just don't feel like they fit in the community. And so we do group-based programs after school to help kids find a way of finding their voice, um, being able to regulate their emotions, and connecting to other kids so then they don't need services down the road. So we're hoping the sooner we get to them, 
the, the more effective we're going to be, and they're going to be happier. It, it takes a special kind of person to do this kind of work, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But, you know, when you see the kids make those shifts, it just fills your heart. It's just incredible. I, I mean, the number one goal, obviously, is to gain the trust of, of the child. Uh, and an awful lot of the time, people that are dealing with mental health issues, especially young people, don't know yeah. how to articulate what their feelings are or what's causing them. Uh, so yeah. it, it, it's a lot, an awful lot of patience, and it's, 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 it's an investment in that child, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, the most powerful part is helping them find their voice mm-hmm. so they can actually say what it is they're feeling. And, you know, because it could be a simple thing. Like we have some kids, and the biggest thing they wanted was just to make a friend, and they just didn't know how to do it. Uh, and again, that's something that maybe adults wouldn't know mm-hmm. how to, 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 to deal with. They wouldn't, maybe, you know, the kids are, are, are something special. I mean, they've got their own lives. And oftentimes we as adults, I don't think, give them enough credit for, for articulating what they need to do and having their own feelings about issues. Uh, but they, they need to express themselves just as much as we do. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's when they find their voice, they, they get this power and they have the power of I can make my, like make choices and change my life for the better. And, you know, most kids just want to be accepted and part of mm-hmm. something. And, you know, when you don't feel part of something, you feel so lost and lonely. But when you're connected, whether it's with another adult, with other kids, you think I've got a place in this community. Because... In the absence of the program that you are developing and that you yeah. offer to, to kids in this in this area, uh, I mean, there's so many different things that could go wrong. I mean, it, it can affect schoolwork, obviously. It can oh. f- affect family relationships, as you say, friendships uh, mm-hmm. within the community, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty dark road they can go down if they don't have that kind of assistance. Oh, absolutely. We've got some stats that say a number of the young young offenders that are in the system had a mental health issue before the age of 11. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can get them before they go down that path, whether it's um, the young offender's path or whether it's more intensive services in hospitals, if you can capture them and give them the skill set. Because, you know, for kids to survive out there, they have to have a skill set in order to be able to interact with other kids, with the community, and feel like they're somebody and that they can make a difference. Uh, you know, uh, later in the program, we're going to be talking with some friends from, uh, well, Liberty for Youth, for instance, coming yeah. up uh, in, the ne- in the next segment here uh, just after the news at 10 o'clock, and, and other groups too, like City Kids. Yeah. And invariably, when I talk with people like Frederick and, and other people that are involved in programs like that, they, they mention that very same story. In the absence of, of support and, and, and the friendship and feeling wanted, uh, kids can turn to the dark side. There are other oh. groups that they can affiliate themselves with, and it's 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 a problematic road. It can take them down a very ugly road uh, of of you know different things, of course, about you know substance, uh, you know abuse, uh, about hanging into gangs, things of this nature. Yeah. They need to know that there's some place they can go to where they're going to feel welcome and that they feel comfortable. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I have one really great example. We have um, part of our program. Kids sit down and have a meal together. And we had a young boy talking because they talk about what's the best part of their day. Oh, yeah. And the worst. And this young boy was saying he felt so bad because he was being bullied at school. The boy right next to him said, you know what? I used to be one of those boys. And you know what? You didn't deserve it. And, you know, it was just so powerful because we saw that kid make the shift from seeing the that bully side that he could continue to where he connected to another kid. And it was just a powerful change, and that's just between two kids, and you just orchestrate it so 
um, the one young boy that had been bullied, he thought, you know what? If I express my voice, I can make a change. And I, and yeah. and that child is thinking, you know what? I am worth something. I'm, Absolutely. I, I, I do matter. And yeah. and the one who was the bully is saying, you know what? I, I, I shouldn't be treating people that way. So exactly. you, had, you had two winners there. Yeah, it was so powerful. The staff just said, you couldn't have orchestrated it. It just just happened spontaneously. Well, that's the kind of work that, yeah. that happens, of course, with the, the Nelson, Youth, Nelson Youth Center. And it's, it's, it's the sort of thing that we need in this community. And we, we talk about people that are so disconnected because there's so much going on. Uh, and you know, and we, we try to tell young people especially, you know, put down the, the, the phone for a few minutes and, and talk and communicate. And, and that's one of the keys that I know that you guys mm-hmm. talk about. Absolutely. That, that's what we do. If we, you come to our center, we don't have any electronics because the aim of our center is connect with each other through talking, mm-hmm. through a, a manual game, uh, through food, you know, and it's just about connecting. And when you can connect and, you know, we, we catch them doing the right things or if they're going down the wrong path, we say, oh, there's an, is there another way you could talk to your friend? Is there another way to do this? And when you catch them in the moment... Your change can happen so fast. Well, and you've seen this, and and as I say, when I've talked to some of the other organizations uh, that we help with the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope and the Children's Fund, uh, the, the the common theme I, I hear through the whole thing, Cindy, is if that child feels as if they're they're welcome, and if they feel as if they're worth something, and that there's a there's a a feeling that you know I'm I'm okay. It's amazing yeah. what they can do. It's amazing how their their schoolwork improves, how their relationships with family and friends improve. Yeah. It just turns it's, them it's self, around. It's self-worth, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. When you increase that self-worth and that self-confidency that they can do anything they set their mind to, it empowers them. And, you know, it's they connect with other kids. They connect with adults. Um, you know, when we look at the changes in school, it's phenomenal. And it's just from feeling worthwhile. It's a great program. Yeah. Uh, you're changing lives, and that's got to yes. be gratifying for you and your staff. Absolutely. To know that yeah. you know that that some per- that that person may have gone down that road, but no, yeah. they're going down. They're better. They're a better person, and they're 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 contributing to the community, and they feel better about themselves. It's creating self-esteem and creating great citizens. Absolutely. And you know, when we get um, sometimes we get. Uh, uh, adults that bring their own kids back because they say when they were younger, the center helped turn them around and they bring their kids back because they're struggling in the school setting. And so we know that we're making a difference in this community. Well, and you are making a yeah. huge difference, of course, in the Hamilton Burlington community with uh, the work that you're doing at the Nelson Youth Center, uh, which is why we're so glad to be to be a partner with you with our CHML Children's Fund and the Tree of Hope. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you very much for having me. Great. You know, it's the community that makes our center operate. So I thank you on behalf of our commu- our center and the community. Absolutely. Because, uh, Absolutely. Thanks so much, okay. Cindy. Thank you. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. An organization that is near and dear to me, of course, and that's Liberty for Youth and our good friend Frederick Dryden, uh, who's not with us today, but Cliff Simon is here, who's been on the program again uh, many, many times. Good to see you then. Thanks for coming in today. An absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks this, for having this me. Is, this yeah. is one of the great organizations. We were just talking with the folks at the Nelson uh, Youth Center in the, in the last segment. Uh, helping young people go on the, the, the path to, 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 to be good citizens, etc. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many distractions, Cliff, as you yeah. know, so many things that can pull people away, so many opportunities for them to go down the wrong road. Uh, and even if they do do that, yeah. uh, as, as Frederick did, and he's quite open about his past, of course, he, he right. was a guy that was in trouble when he was younger, mm-hmm. uh, 
there's always liberty for youth to help say, hey, hey, we can we can help you here. We can pull you back. We can we can give you an opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know that's the privilege we have. You know, just to be a light in a youth's life. You know, as they journey in life, you know, they're going to they're going to they make decisions. You know, those decisions take them places. But there needs to be people, organizations, or somebody who cares, who acts really as a light to them to kind of show them an, alter- an alternative way or something. You guys, uh, you guys are everywhere. I mean, you know, yeah. y- y- we talked about the Arrow, the Youth Center. You, you guys visit some yep. of the people that are there, Correct, yeah. uh, whether it's the, the jail down on Barton Street, whatever the case might be. Uh, those are people that have made some bad decisions and, right. and are suffering some of the consequences of it. Right. But, but you, the message you give them is your life is not over. We, we, can, we can still do something here. A- absolutely. Because he... That's what see. Life is all about choices. See, and the thing is, we don't realize a lot. A lot of times, people don't realize how the choices accumulate and they bring us in places we did not expect. And this can happen very easily. So, when a youth finds themselves in a situation they that's not favorable or they did not intend or plan for, you see, it's right then and there. It's like the valley of decision. See a crossroad. And see, if nobody is trying, even before they get to those little crossroads that life has a way of creating for us. If nobody's there speaking into their lives, it's like they can maintain, a, say, a victim mentality, for instance. Mm-hmm. They continue to feel sorry for themselves and continue to go further. Or if somebody look, is looking to engage and connect with them, you know, great things can happen. But see, ultimately, it comes down to their response and their decisions to what they're experiencing. If you're there and if you're there in their lives, mm-hmm. uh, you're a resource for them. That, exactly. that when, when they're conflicted, when they say, I don't know what to do, Exactly, uh, I'm going to yep. call Cliff. I got to talk to Cliff, or I got to talk to Frederick, or whomever it is. I mean, that's the connection, and that's that's where you guys come in. Precisely, yes. And you know, everything that we do is we look to build safe, trusting relationships with these youth, because see, if youth do not trust us or trust the person, they, there, there's no opening up to them. So they'll they can they can say the right things, they can play the game, but it's their way of protecting themselves. So when we come alongside of them, where they're at. And they see that unconditional acceptance, and and we meet them where they're at. See, from there, that's where the impartation, impartation of, of options. Also, too, as well, when they perceive that someone else believes in them, that be, they begin to believe in themselves. And I've seen that as we've mm-hmm. done some of the testimonials, of course, at the at the right. annual the banquet, of course, that, you, that Liberty for Youth has every year. Right. And we've we've talked and heard the stories of some of the people that have gone through your program. But what I mm-hmm. love about what you guys do at Liberty for Youth is you don't just say, okay, you're on the right path. Okay, have a good right. life. Right. You're, you're with them. Right. Uh, even, you know, okay, get that high school diploma. I know Frederick has always said one of the main principles, one of the building blocks of, of, of going down the right path is education. Right. And yes. you don't give up on these guys. There's a exactly. scholarship fund there. I mean, Liberty yes. for Youth is with them right through the, the whole ride. Yes, yes. Um, just looking at education alone, you know, we'll have several youth again. Now, at a young age, they're not seeing the relevance and importance of education, so they're slacking. You know, the time is getting away. Years start slipping away. But all of a sudden, they get it. They, they, they kind of get it for themselves later. And it's like, wait a minute, what am I doing? What have I been doing? And see, that is why, see, we, we do have a long-term view with the youth. And one thing, one thing I say is that, you know, our, our files never really close on the youth. Mm-hmm. Because, you see, if a youth gets it, let's say, a little later down the road at the age of 20, 21, 
You see, that's still that's still young, and there's still plenty of time. Now we can't go back in time, but now where do we go from here? Okay, where what are the next steps we can do? So we are a resource. We have great connect. There's great connections of education options, how to fast track, get credits this way, that way, but and all of this emphasizing the importance of education. So for the, for themselves, they begin to see, hey, wait a minute, you know, I could. I could, you know, if I just study for two years, I could, I could make this kind of income. Or if I just do this, oh, all I needed, all I need was my, all I need was my high school and maybe one senior, whatever, for example. And all of a sudden, they have the motivation now to pursue that. You know, real quickly, we, you know, we're really proud of this. To date, we've given out over a hundred and ten thousand dollars in scholarships to, and many of those recipients. At one time, had completely given up on their education, had given up on themselves. Well, and the system gave up on them. Yeah, right, correct. But anyways, yes, yep, yep. And we're seeing them, this is a way we motivate the youth to say, you know what, if you continue down this path, you apply for this program that you want to do, go for, we'll offer you a scholarship. And, you know, we, we, we're really proud to say that over $110,000 and scholars are put into... Uh, uh, and some great success education. stories, too. I know that... Yeah, uh, I remember yeah. a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to mention names here, but wh- I know one of the guys that went through your program, and he was he was in a bad way. I mean, and he talked about his program, and he was in demonic worshiping and, 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 right. and terrible th- way that he was treating people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys helped him, got him through school, got him yeah. his... his to, he, and what he scored? 97%, I think he said, in math? In math, said, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I, I said, could you do my taxes? I mean, this, <laughs> come on, buddy. I mean, it's incredible to see this. And, and he's... Right. He's got a great job now, and he's living a great life. But it's all yes. about it's all about these people feeling as if you know what I'm. I, I do matter. I, I right. do have something to contribute. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, just a few months ago, I got a phone call from a youth that was on the news, pretty high profile for a, a, a very tragic um, situation that had happened. And this was a youth that we really poured into, like we really pursued. Now he was in custody for something that happened when he's just 15 years old. Uh, and he was in custody for a while, but we really poured it. We really poured it to him. We pursued him. Um, I got a call, surprisingly, because then I was always, always wondering what happened to this youth. He called. He called me up, and he told me how that he's he's back in Toronto, where he's originally from. How he's now has his own condo. He's paying for his own condo. He's got a very good job. He's studying to be an electrician. So he's working full time, and he still has the goal which he shared with us. He shared with me at 15 how his dream was to be an electrician. He's pursuing to be an electrician, having his own place, and he now, at the age of he's about 22 right now, he says he wants to go back to the same facility, Errol, and the youth detention center, our local youth detention center, and actually speak to the youth there on making good choices and that you know you can change and so on. He spoke so highly of us and and so on and. You know, it, it was really, it was such a touching call because, you know, what you, what you sow into a person's life, you know, you, you may not be there to see it. Like, he called us, like he tracked me down and found me and called <laughs> me, right? And actually he called, he, he found Liberty for Youth and he called us. And when he shared that, I mean, it, it was this confirmation that you see, a lot of times we plant seeds, yeah, right? And you see, it's when they're in those moments, when they're with their own thoughts and they're thinking, and they're saying, okay, look where my life has gone. You see, from there, they make the choices for themselves. Liberty for Youth, it makes a difference, and, and the great work that you do. Cliff, thanks for coming in today, and uh, Merry Christmas and, and all the best, and keep doing what you're doing, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to have you me. with us. 
You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. This is a Blitz Day, the official kickoff of our uh, CHML Christmas to of Hope campaign. The unofficial kickoff, of course, is the Realtors Auction, which was uh, held a few weeks ago at uh, Michelangelo's. And, and later on in the program, actually, we're going to talk with a couple of the folks uh, from the Hamilton Burlington Realtors Auction uh, about the great success that they had again, as they do every year with that. But uh, I want to talk with right now some of the partners that uh, that we work with on a daily basis here with our CHML Children's Fund, which is the 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 the, the mothership, I guess, of the of the Tree of Hope campaign, of course, uh, because the CHML Children's Fund, of course, is in action each and every day of the year. And we reach out to communities. I mean, we want to help this community. CHML is all about the the community here in Hamilton, Burlington area. Uh, but we can't do this alone. Obviously, we need your help. We need your assistance and your contributions. Uh, and then we act as a conduit with some of the great organizations that offer services uh, for people in need here in this community. And uh, well, well, like Liberty for Youth that you just heard from a few minutes ago. And also uh, another one of my favorite places, which is uh, right downtown Hamilton, of course, and that's Living Rock. And uh, and Julie Conway is here from Living Rock. Thanks for coming in today, first of Thanks all. Thanks for having us. I still remember, that's a couple of years ago, I guess, uh, what, what were you doing? I, it was one of the festivals downtown. It might have been a street fest. I don't know what it was down on James Street. Anyway, we were walking back over to Ferguson where we had parked our car, and there's a bunch of guys hanging around there, and, I, and then what, a friend of ours I said, no, that's a bunch of, and I said, no, no, no. I said, you know what that is? That's Living Rock. I said, those guys there are, are they're, they're great. They're, I mean, that's where they hang out. That's where they do their stuff. That's where they get counseling. That's where they, yep. they have friends. Uh, the, the service you guys offer is just incredible for youth and that, that really need a place to hang out and need a place and, and need a friend and sometimes just need somebody to talk to. I think putting a sign on our building that says engage, encourage, equip was really helpful for the community because yeah. they would see large number of youth, sometimes 50 and 70, standing out you know, on the corner and it could be unnerving for people coming downtown and wondering what's going on but to know that that's a place but it's where a good thing. Our people are finding healthy community and food and safety and all those things it really helps the community think, okay, this is a really positive things. So. When you talk to some of the, the people that have gone through the program, and I've had the opportunity to do that when, when Al and Karen have come in here and, and, and brought some of the people that are, are clients, mm-hmm. uh, friends really, uh, the stories are, are it's it's heartbreaking really to hear some of the stories. I mean, some of these people are, uh, these guys and, 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 and young people are from, they're from broken families, mm-hmm. uh, families where there's abuse going on, could be substance abuse, could be any number of things, mm-hmm. uh, where sometimes being under the same roof as, as those people is not a good thing. And it can be a bad influence, it can be a scary thing, it can be a dangerous thing. Correct. They need some place to go, and, right. and you guys offer that. We do, and we're thankful for partners such as the Children's Fund that help us at this time of year when we really need to uh, meet both practical needs, but also just, you know, give some of the wants instead of just the needs, you know. And so giving a gift at Christmas um, and your support, the support from the community is such an encouragement to us uh, when we come to pick up the toys uh, for the children that are supported uh, through the youth that come to our community. It's amazing. Uh, We serve about 1,500 individual youth a year, but through that, uh, by extension, we're also supporting about 900 children. Mm -hmm. And so we get all the guests from your community and listeners who donate here and and that just helps us just focus on then fundraising for gifts for the youth. And so we're just really grateful for that. Well, you've seen that as you came into the radio station today. The lobby here is just full. It's uh, moving to see. It's it's incredible to see the, the contributions that have come in here. And, and 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 some people, it's just, you know, here's a gift. Uh, others, are, they're, they're bigger organizations, corporate organizations. They're saying, hey, do you want, well, you've seen it. I think there's about 45 soccer balls there, mm-hmm. uh, some T-ball sets and everything else. And those are organizations that say, what, what can we do to help? But but you you guys are the deliverer. You're the conduit. You're the ones that deliver that service. 
Well, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, we are privileged to walk alongside youth, and we've been doing that for 34 years, and it's really a privilege to journey with youth. Um, everyone needs a cheerleader in their lives, and um, for many of us, myself included, life sometimes is about two steps forward, one step back. It's and like that for all of us, isn't we it? We need someone to stand in our corner and to support and, and, and cheer each other on, and some of the youth that we work with just don't have those people and supports in their lives, and so we want to be those um, individuals that will say, you can do it. We believe in you. We want to see you get support. We want to see you get housing. We want to see you stabilize in the areas of mental health and addictions because we believe that you have a bright future ahead of you. And with the right tools and skills in place, you can thrive and you will thrive. And with the community behind them, it just is just a wonderful thing to support youth. But what's gratifying about this uh, is is that even if they do have that step backward, and, and there can be a number of different things. It could you know be the uh, the beginning of substance abuse. It could be a beginning of, of depression and a mm-hmm. number of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't give up on them. It's, a, it's like, hey, that's when you need us even more, and we're going to be there for you. Well, yeah, we want to treat others the way that we hope to be treated, right? One in four people experience mental health concerns. So, yeah, we want to treat youth the way that we would want to be treated if we're experiencing those things. And um, we just really see uh, what happens when we come alongside youth. We see them thrive. Many times they come back and just say, thanks for speaking to my lives. It's so encouraging. It builds us up when we see where they end up and uh, what things they overcome. And uh, it just helps us and spurs us on to reach out to more youth who come finding their themselves and needs at Living Rock. But it's incredible, though. It, sometimes all they want is, say, hey, can you talk to me for 10 minutes? Hey, yeah, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's talk about this. And and if they trust you, and, and you've developed that trust over all the years that Living Rock has been there, you create a bond, and they feel as if, yeah, I can talk to you. I, I maybe can't talk to my family mm-hmm. or my friends, but I can talk to you. And we find that food is a gateway for that. So we offer meals, breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, and weekend program. And offering a hot, nutritious meal in a place of safety, that's a place where we can sit down and enjoy a meal with the youth. And that's when we can start building rapport and hearing about their journey and perhaps ways that we can speak into their lives. Similarly, it's our food bank that responds mm-hmm. to youth providing emergency groceries. From there, we can say, you know, what else can we support you with? You know, are you looking for work? Do you need to develop some employment skills? We can support you with that. So uh, food is really the gateway for us to um, get to know youth. It's the food need that gets them um, to our doors. And from there, we want to provide other opportunities to encourage them. Well, that's that's one of the great stories about this. It's not just a, a hangout, and, but, but there is a place to go if they want to hang out for an evening and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, the you know, common room there. You can watch TV, whatever you want to do, just talk to somebody. But if it's like, yeah, i got to apply for a job, how do you do a resume? Well, I, c- I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Let's, let's sh- I'll show you how to get this done. Th- those services are, are immeasurable, really, in, in helping w- ba- basically to build self-esteem. Yeah, these are formidable years, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we want to uh, be intentional in our conversations and intentional with presenting opportunities for personal development. And when you have a relationship with youth and you're speaking to their lives and they sense genuine care, they're more likely to embrace those opportunities. Absolutely. Well, that's why we are so happy to be partners with you uh, and the great work that you guys and, and Alan and Karen do for so many years. And you've got an incredible staff there. Uh, it takes a special kind of person to do this kind of work, but I know it's because of, of the dedication you have and the, and the belief you have in youth. We do believe in youth, and uh, many people come with their own journeys, and mm-hmm. it's just uh, incredible to be a part of um, this ministry and this organization of you know, each year we're engaging over 1,500 individual youth, but that translates into uh, 22,000 visits. So, you know, 
sharing community. That's a lot of community experiencing yeah, going sure on, is. right? And so, yeah, community is a two-way thing. It's not about us, you know, offering to youth, but youth are offering back to us, and that's what makes our community so rich. Absolutely. Living Rock, one of the great, great partners that, that we have with our CHML Children's Fund. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us, and thanks for your support. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. This is the uh, kickoff for our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope. It's Blitz Day, which is, of course, the official kickoff of Blitz Weekend. Uh, we're broadcasting from our radio center at 875 Main Street West of Maine and Longwood, of course. And uh, you can drop by here during office hours, business hours, and drop off your donation or your unwrapped toy for uh, for the kids. Uh, the, the lobby here at the radio station is just chock full. It looks like Santa's workshop. It's just a great site. Uh, with our great big Christmas tree that's there. Uh, later today, Scott Thompson is going to be broadcasting uh, from Gore Park uh, for the official lighting of the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope. That'll be happening, I think, around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. The official lighting will be happening just after dark and dusk. Uh, and I'm expecting Mayor Eisenberger is going to be there to do the, to throw the switch for us and lots of other guests, too. And then later this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, uh, we'll be broadcasting from Lime Ridge Mall, uh, the upper level there, right by the bay at that end of the mall, uh, with a number of special guests uh, over the course of the uh, the next couple of days as uh, we tell you some stories, because this is, I think, an essential part of this. Because uh, the Tree of Hope, obviously, through Christmas time is to try to make sure that everybody in this community can have a Christmas. Uh, some of those, of course, who are challenged but for a number of different reasons, uh, we want to be able to reach out and help them. But uh, the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope is really uh, an offshoot of our CHML Children's Fund, which has been in operation for many, many years, and that operates all year long. Uh, and uh, we do that with a number of different community partners. But we can't do it without your help and with your support and your assistance. Uh, you can make your donations online at 900chml.com. Just uh, follow the links there, and uh, you can go to the page and, and make your donation. Or you can drop uh, your donation off, as we mentioned, here at the Radio Center at 875 Main Street West. And, and Liz, we're still doing it with the Hamilton Firefighters, aren't we? I think, yeah, you can drop off your unwrapped toys there at any fire hall, and uh, they'll make sure that they get distributed as well. Uh, we, we can't do this without your help and without partners and without some great community support. And uh, one of those, and one of the long-standing partners that we have had, uh, and one of our biggest supporters, of course, is the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington. And although this may be the official kickoff of the uh, Tree of Hope campaign with Blitz Day, uh, the unofficial kickoff is always the Realtors Auction, which is held in November, of course, up at Michelangelo's. And uh, Mark Loeffler and uh, Kathy Dallard-Nabia are here from the Realtors. First of all, guys, thanks for coming in today. Good to have you here. Thanks for having us. Uh, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You guys uh, are our are, are best friends all the time because of the great work that you do. I, I, I'm, I'm just awestruck, as everybody is, each and every year, uh, by the work and the dedication that the Realtors put into that auction every year. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, it's a great event, and uh, I mean, we were favored by the weather this year. We didn't yeah. get killed by a snowstorm <laughs> this year, so that really helped us, too. So, uh, It's a great facility. I have Brenda Campbell and all the folks up at Michelangelo's, of course, do a great job every year with this. But this this is not something you guys just cobble together at the last minute. I mean, this is a year-long enterprise for you. Oh, yeah. The committee starts in January, and we work all the way through to November, and then uh, we have a wrap-up meeting next Wednesday. So, so it's a full year. It's a it's it's a basically a part time job for us. And then you guys got a couple of weeks off and can go and, and earn a living. And then it's at January, it's okay. Let's let's strike the committee again. That's right. We get going right back again in January. So. Okay. Well, Kathy, you're the 
incoming president. So what do you got lined up for next year? Give, give us a little hint. Uh, for as far as the auction? Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? You'll have to talk to uh, to the committee for that. Uh, I actually don't sit on the committee, but of course, uh, I'm proud to be a realtor that You're going to get drafted. You'll get drafted into <laughs> yeah, it, though. Yeah, so I, I, I've, I've been on it before, and I absolutely love it. It's a wonderful event, and uh, our realtors love it. It was attended by over 400 realtors this year, and they're very enthusiastic, and they're very generous. And actually, our uh, RAB realtors are some of the most generous people that I know, so that that helps in the success for sure. Well, the the crazy thing about this is is how this event has evolved over the years too, uh, as opposed to it used to be a little wine and cheese thing. Well, we have a okay. There's a silent auction. We'll get one or two things that we can do with a live auction, and then okay, have a nice night, everybody. Now it's an evening out. I mean, it's dinner. It's it's a it's a great event. It is, and I was actually on the committee when we did that transition, and uh, it was... Take credit it, for it, Kath, come on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we brought in a specialist to give some advice, actually, yeah. on, on how to uh, even elevate the event more, and it's been super successful, and people love it. I mean, with the, the live uh, auction items that we have that are spectacular, we had a, a Tuscany trip this year. We yeah. had two two uh, Dominican Republican trips as well and just loads of super exciting stuff and it's not necessarily the live stuff isn't necessarily something that you're going to go and be able to just purchase so a lot of them are experiences they're packages that are put together to be unique and and exciting but the silent auction stuff is is something that I'm always blown away by Mark I the, the I I know it's it's you guys it's it's the the folks on the ground out in the community that are knocking on doors and saying oh by the way we've got this auction for the children's fund what can you help us with and yeah. some of the stuff you come up with is just incredible well it's a lot of the small businesses yeah. around Hamilton too that donate and support it's a lot of the people that we work with, a lot of the lawyers, a lot of the mortgage brokers who want to help support the Children's Fund and, you know, obviously connect with realtors mm-hmm. as well. And then, you know, some of the bigger corporations around too, like we always get stuff from um, like the Paw Patrol um, people. I forget the name of that company right now, but they do all the LOL stuff and stuff like that. They donate every year. And, you know, company, local restaurants, local as restaurants well, donate so a lot supportive. for sure. Like mm-hmm. Caro always donates something nice. Um yeah, I mean, uh, we have become, we Hamilton be has become them. a restaurant capital. I mean, we are known now for some of the great restaurants we have here, uh, especially down King William Street, Lock Street, and some of these great places. And, and they're all participants. These guys all help out. Oh, yeah. All those guys, part- a lot of them participate. You know, Ottawa Street, too. Yeah. There's a lot of great places out there. Yeah, and they all. Lemoncello, you know, we'll get specific on Ottawa yeah, Street. Lem- I mean, some great ones there, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. And they all, like, a lot of them donate um, either experiences. Uh, so, like, we've had one donate in the past, like, a, uh, they'll come to your home with a chef. Yeah. Bring the wine, bring the food, and basically have a dinner party for you in your home for 10 of your guests. It's incredible, some of the yeah. stuff. And, and and we're talking about big stuff, too. I mean, you know, there's, there's Raptors tickets, Leaf tickets. Uh, obviously, Tiger Cats are involved in this, too. It's just, it's incredible to see how everybody just jumps on and said, yeah, what can we do? We want to be part of this. Yeah, and and that's that's it. It's the community putting it on, right? Like we have a committee of about, you know, five or six people. Yet it's really the community out there that really supports it that allows it to happen. Well, a big part th- of it is the realtor community. Because yeah, exactly. The realtors are super generous with providing those items as well. Yeah, and and we've talked to some of the folks that are doing this. I mean, and you guys are the uh, uh, the natural partners for this because you're out in the community every day. 
you're you're out there. You're talking to people. You're you're networking with all these people, and and you're touching the, the, their lives. And, and obviously, when you say, "Hey, listen, we're doing this thing for the for the kids. Can you help out?" You're talking with friends that you've already and and, and friendships and and business relationships that you guys have have, have fashioned over the years. For sure, and, and that's why it's easy for us to get it done. I think, just we go talk to fr- basically friends of ours and say, "Hey, this is what we need this year. We're having a wine wall. Can you donate a case of wine?" Or you know, we need a silent auction item. You know what really sell well are kids' toys. Yeah, you know because a lot of people, like a lot of the realtors there, or a lot of people there, will buy and then donate it to the to the kids fund to right right away so and i'm not sure if i'd call it easy i think mark and his committee needs uh, to get the credit for a lot of hard work oh sure yeah. absolutely uh, and, and like you mentioned it's a year-long enterprise to be able mm-hmm. to do something like this i i gotta mention in the interest of full disclosure i am a past winner of the wheelbarrow full of wine <laughs> uh, and it was great uh getting it into the car at the end of the evening was a little troublesome <laughs> i still have the wheelbarrow so i, I the wine have, is gone i do have to t- i don't know if uh, jeff shared any of that beer he won last year he won the beer mid last year well, I need to talk to him. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just an awful lot of fun, and there's some really cool gifts and prizes, and uh, and it's a great evening, too. You guys are, are incredible partners, and, and, and I know when you present the check every year and say, here's what we've done so far, it's just remarkable when you see the, the, the amount of money that you've raised. Yeah. So do you want to hear the number? I is, do. Is, is, that, is that what you're uh, trying to poke at? I'm, 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 it's, a, it's a hint here, Mark. Yeah. Drum roll. Um, so this year is a little bit better than last year. You're kidding. No. Last no. year was incredible. Yeah, last year we did 75. Yeah. Yeah, so this year is 87,500. Oh, gee. Incre- 87? Yeah. yeah, so we had an extra 100 attendees, and we did a lot of more on the fund to need, almost tw- 21.5 on the fund to need. And, yeah, it was a great night, and, you know, we all came together. Yeah. So it was Guys, great. I can't thank you enough. I mean, and, I mean, not just you two, but, I mean, everybody on the committee, everybody in the Realtors Association, because everybody well, contributes in a one lot way of or st- another. A lot of the staff from the Realtors Association contributes a lot of their time, too. Exactly, right? so. exactly. And this, it, it doesn't happen without that dedication. Uh, thank you so much. What a kickstart to the campaign to, to get a check like that for $87,000 and change uh, for the Realtors Auction. Uh, looking forward to next year already. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, you guys are back on the committee uh, you you're the president you got other <laughs> things to do too but uh, the, the, i know the committee changes from year to year and i know so many of your friends that are in the business right now uh it's uh real estate's doing pretty well in the community this year so you guys are doing well but you yeah. this is the whole thing that, that you guys have been doing since day one is you always give back into the community and that's uh we're so fortunate that you guys decided that hey you know, the children's fund of the tree of hope is a, is a, a worthy campaign uh, and we're so pleased that you guys are partners with us in this endeavor. It was well, our 31st yeah. year. Sorry, I know. Mark. Yeah. I know. And uh, it's into the millions. I don't know how much. It, it's over a million dollars. I that think they it was like 1.1 as of last year. Yeah. So almost 1.2 now. Well, I had $87,000 to that. And yeah. uh, well, I'll do the math on that later on. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks so much again for this. And, and really, thanks so much for your help with the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign. It's always a pleasure to have uh, with you guys in the studio and to, and to, and to have your partnership in this. Thanks well, for having us. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And Merry thanks. Christmas. Mark Merry Christmas. and... Uh, and Kathy, thanks so much for this. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. And, and one of those great organizations is uh, Learning Disabilities of Halton. And Allison Brindle is with us uh, to talk about this. Thanks for coming in today, by the way. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you very much for having me. Uh, this is a, an, an incredible organization and incredible work that you do. Uh, and very challenging work when you're talking about people with learning disabilities. Because 
there's such a wide range that you can't say, well, this is what this is all about, because it really almost varies from person to person, doesn't it? It does, and it affects about 10% of the population. But um, yeah, every learning disability is in- unique. Every individual has their own challenges. Um, and one of the things is that you don't actually see these disabilities. They're all in the brain and how people process information. So it can be really hard for students to get the accommodations and support they need. Uh, not just uh, for the individual, but even for the people that are involved in classroom situations, etc. I, 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 I always tell the story, and it's worth repeating and now that we're talking about this, about well, one young guy, and this was, was years ago, uh, in a classroom situation, in a typical classroom situation, and there was another child there that was uh, in, a, in a wheelchair, special needs, and and he said uh, to the education assistant, he said, "I'm I'm jealous of her." And he said, what, jealous? "Why?" He said, "They know she has a disability. They don't see mine." And this was like a guy who was five, six years old at the time. And I thought, uh, that, first of all, how perceptive, but second of all, how tragic that that's the, how the way that an awful lot of them feel. Because oftentimes, you don't see it, you don't understand it, and and you don't understand that the the challenges that individual is going through. That's right. I mean, uh, the children that to be diagnosed with a learning disability, you have to be bright uh, of average to gifted intelligence. So these children are bright. Mm -hmm. And so they do perceive the fact that while they have the knowledge, they just can't show it. And they're getting poor marks or having to work extremely hard to get the results that they do. And life just isn't fair for them. And um, they see that others get help and they don't. And and that can be extremely difficult. 50% of adolescent suicides involve a youth with learning disability. Well, just imagine the amount of frustration. If you know that you want to do something, you in your head you, you, you know what you want to do, but your brain and your body is not allowing you to do it. Yeah, I, 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 my daughter has a learning disability and I don't, but I, I can see that frustration building and it, it's just heartbreaking at times. So, so talk to us a little bit about what the organization does. How do you reach out to those people? So um, we've recently uh, expanded. So we've been in Holton for 50 years. And last year, we actually took over the geography of Hamilton as well because mm-hmm. there were no services here. So we uh, run uh, 80% of learning disabilities involve uh, difficulties in reading. So we offer reading programs uh, where students work one-on-one with a volunteer tutor that we've trained uh, to actually learn to read and to build the motivation and love of reading. But one of the things we, re- we do, which is really important, is we teach children how to advocate for themselves. So as young as grade six, we take students and we teach them about their learning disability, how to use their strengths, because everybody has strengths, and how to get the, uh, the accommodations that they're legally entitled to to be the, the success that they can be. And, and there are success stories. Um, you know, this, this is not saying, okay, there are going to be bar- there are going to be challenges, but they don't necessarily have to be barriers if you know the right people that can help you to access the the, the help that's needed. Yeah, we have a wall of fame at uh, our offices, and on there's Einstein. Uh, we've got Richard Branson. One of his quotes, I remember, he can't add up. He said, "I can't add up a column of numbers um, because he struggles with maths." but I can pay somebody who can. Uh, <laughs> he's used his strengths to build a billion-dollar business. Uh, he just hasn't uh, needed to do now the things that he's no good at. And that's something that we all need to do. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we could all, all use that kind of assistance. But when you, you're absolutely right, though, Allison. When you go down the list of, of people with, and, and again, as I say, it's, a, it's a, such a wide scope of people with quote-unquote learning disabilities. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise is dyslexic. Yep. Right? Dustin Hoffman has a learning disability. I mean, yep. there's so many people. They've done pretty well for themselves. They have. And, and that's the kind of thing we like to uh, inspire our children with is that this isn't 
something that can define your life. It is going to be with you all your life, but it doesn't need to define who you are. And if you take your strengths, you can be an amazing success in your life. And by teaching them to advocate for themselves, um, they really start to get that and to start to realize that they have rights and that they can be successful. But you open the door for them, and, and you show them that, that you know there is help, there is assistance. So you, you know, if for instance in an educational system, there can be people that can scribe for them if they can't do that for, for themselves. Uh, but it's a matter of, of getting the proper diagnosis and then getting the proper assistance. That's right, and we're in a wonderful stage in, in the world in that there's so much technology now that can help yeah. kids with learning disabilities. So um, voice to text, um, even talking into your phone and recording it, um, is this an assistive technology that kids can use in school it's yeah that's usually the electronics that are available to them and it's it's one of the great learning tools you guys do such great work though and as it, you've been involved in this and as the organization's been around as many years as it has it's got to be gratifying to see some of the people that have gone through the program and and have done well in 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 their lives yeah, I mean, um, I've been around for about four years, um, but seeing the testimonials and the things that um, both the children and the parents say about how these services have changed their child's life, um, opened up a door to books that they've never had before and literacy, um, it's just it makes it all worthwhile. Well, it's a great program, uh, and it helps, and, and I'm glad you've expanded the program, actually, into the Hamilton area because there's a great need uh, in just about every community, obviously, uh, for people that are, are, are dealing with these. And as I say, these are challenges. These are not roadblocks. I mean, uh, what you need is assistance, and, and certainly our Learning Disabilities of Halton offers that sort of assistance and offers that sort of support for it. Uh, which is why we're so happy to be able to help support you with our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope and the Children's Fund. And we are so grateful for your support. We don't receive any government funding, um, and so we rely on donations and services that we offer. Um, so, you know, whatever support we can get, we truly appreciate. Well, keep doing what you're doing, uh, because you're making a difference in this community and, and every community in which you touch and, and in every life that you touch, too. Thanks for coming in today. You're very welcome. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. One of my favorites, of course, uh, is, is our good friends, of course, at the Hamilton Conservation Authority and the Foundation. Uh, Grace Correa and Margaret Reed are with us here to talk about that. First of all, ladies, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Uh, I, I, you guys know, of course, that I, I served on the Conservation Authority when I was on City Council for a number of years with Russ Powers and Murray Ferguson and so many other great folks. Uh, but you guys, uh, separate apart from that, I mean, uh, there's an affiliation here, but the Foundation does some, some pretty important work here. Absolutely. Uh, our, one of our key goals right now is our uh, children's education program that the th authority uh, asks us to fund, which we are able to fund fully right now with generous donations from people like you. Well, uh, uh, you don't want to get into the politics, and I don't want to go too deep into the weeds there either, but uh, let's just say it this way. The, the, the government commitment, I mean the provincial government commitment to conservation authorities right across the province uh, is lacking. Uh, it's not as good as it was even in past years, which puts an awful lot more pressure on you guys, doesn't it? Exactly, and, and we started funding the education program a number of years ago when government cutbacks started, um, and we funded it as a, a three-way partnership with the, with the school boards and HCA and ourselves, and in the last couple of years when uh, the, the budgets got tighter for the Conservation Authority, uh, they asked us if we could step up a little bit more. So now it's a, it's, a, it's a partnership just between us and the school board, and the program is fully funded through the foundation and the school board. So that uh, provides a little bit more of a, of, um, 
of uh, needs on the budget for the HCA that they can f- put their funds into other projects and and uh, and uh, we fund the program and they are able to continue with the program for the uh, for the schools. Now I, I told you guys when I was on the uh, the board there years ago, uh, and I'm born and raised here. I've lived here all my life at the head of the lake, uh, and, but you're kind of oblivious. I mean, with, uh, about what's going on under you, first of all. Uh, the water tables, the work that's going on. Uh, you know, we just talked, well, as you guys know, there's a big story about, you know, the Shadow Creek and what's going on. Uh, this is the city of waterfalls. You know, we have more waterfalls within the city of Limited than any other city in the world. But that's because of the water system that's going on underneath us right now. There are underground creeks and streams. And uh, the, the time I spent on the board was incredibly educational for me to find out what's going on. Uh, and I found that out just by happenstance because I was on the board and, and people like Russ Powers and Murray Ferguson and others and Ben Vandenberg who was on the board at the time uh, were very instructive about this. But you guys are actually, t- you're, you're exposing kids to that at an earlier age so they can get a better understanding of that. Absolutely. It's um, actually thrilling. Um, I was had the opportunity to go on one of the programs that were, where a classroom was there and it was absolutely awesome to see the children and their reaction to the outdoors. Uh, some of them hadn't uh, had a much or any experience seeing anything outside, and this is such a great way to uh, educate our youth on the f- and how to help the environment in the future. Because there's a history here. I mean, once you learn the geography and the history of, of what's going on here, the, the glacial action that was here and, and, and the result, uh, everything that you see here, the mountain, which we call the mountain, which is the escarpment, uh, and so many other things, eskers and, and things of this nature, it's all part of the of the ecosystem that's here. And it's, this is, when you look at this in perspective, and you guys, this is all part of the program, of course, that you teach, this is one of the most incredible places in, in North America to, to live is simply because of, of what was what, uh, what is here now. And I'm talking about the water systems mm-hmm. and everything else. And one of the things that uh, w- the program is taught out of um, Dundas Valley Conservation Area, which is a very diverse ecosystem. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the things we fund in addition to the program is we fund transportation for this, these schools from the, from the at-risk schools. So we're bringing students that don't have necessarily have exposure to those areas. Um, so we're providing... We're bringing those students that probably have never been to Dundas Valley and to see them running around and, and even in the winter snowshoeing and those kinds of things that they, they don't necessarily have that opportunity to do um, and seeing those ecosystems and seeing salamanders and seeing the ecosystems that are in the valley that they wouldn't necessarily see in downtown Hamilton um, is, is a great opportunity and we hope that we're um, teaching them a little bit about the environment and that appreciation for what's for nature um, and, 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 and how to protect it. You know, it's interesting. I, I was talking to some of the folks that are involved in volunteering at the Eva Rothwell Center down in the north end of the city. Uh, and, and statistically, they were telling me that an awful lot of the kids in that area that live in those areas, not just that area, but I mean in, in certain sections, usually don't go more than three or four blocks away from their home at any given time for whatever reason. Uh, they, you know, they, they, they don't travel up to, to Ancaster or to Dundas Valley or places like this. Uh, and, and that's a shame, I mean, to, to be exposed to that sort of stuff. I remember the first time I had a meeting. Uh, at the Conservation Authority at the property there. I'm sitting there, and there's a great big picture window, of course, as you know, and I got a, there's a guy there, was, I was on city council, and he's addressing us as a council. And I'm looking out the window, and there's three or four deer walking by, and I figured, I don't want to hear what he's saying. I'm watching the deer at this stage. Because <laughs> it's, it's new, and it's exciting, and it's, it's, it's just a, this is happening all around us. And the more you can expose kids to this stuff, the, the better understanding, and it's probably the better appreciation they're going to have. That, exactly, and that's what that's what we try to do. And, and since we were finding that there was that barrier that um, we were paying for them for the classes. 
but the students and the parents are responsible and the schools are responsible for paying for the transportation. We weren't seeing those schools coming out mm. um, because it, it was that financial burden. So we stepped up and provided those uh, those subsidies for the school buses to bring them out. And since then, about half of the students coming are from those schools. And, and we can tell as soon as they step off the bus, they had never been there before. Oh, I know. The wide-eyed looks so that you're getting. Exactly. Yeah. And just seeing that expanse of trees and nature. And then when they start turning over a log and seeing the little critters under there and and if they see a deer it's the, yeah the same thing just I'm, I'm still fascinated by it i yep, mean me it, too. it's <laughs> that, that sort of thing to see that I, we i mentioned we our place in ancaster we're right on side the oh, well, those, those are conservation lands uh that are just off stone church there and, and of course that wooded area all through there and you've got critters running all the way mm-hmm. through that and and it, this for city people like us to see that and experience that is it's just remarkable. It's it's life changing really to know that that's all around us. You know, if you always think of that as something that's going on someplace else, but no, it's happening right here because of the conservation lanes. Absolutely. Now, I, and and this happens, of course, the education programs because of the work that the foundation does. I mean, the, the conservation authority itself does some great work in in in, in saving some of those lands and preserving some of those, and they do some incredible work there. The the Aramosa Karsh and so many other places like this. But you guys are the next, the next step. You're the ones that that expose people to this and educate people about what's going on you play a big role in this whole process well we provide the funding they yeah. it's their educators sure. and it's a trained yeah, but education if, if you staff don't if you don't have the funding they don't do anything correct so that this is where it comes in and well, as you mentioned uh, the government's not writing checks now uh, so this is individuals and 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 people that want to support you and your organization and the great work that you do uh, and we're one of the people that want to help you. With. Exactly. Of course, that's why the, uh, the CHML Children's Fund uh, is such a great partner that we were so happy with this. And uh, I, I'm so happy that the work is going on. I'm so happy that you've been able to expand and continue with these programs over the, the next couple of years because it's important work in, in a very, very big part of the city. Yes, we certainly couldn't do it without the uh, without our donors that uh, that support year after year and provide the funding for the program to continue. That's for sure. Well, we'll keep doing it as long as our uh, community partners here in the city, of course, can help us with our CHML Children's Fund and the Tree of Hope. Uh, we're always going to be with you and be out by your side. Thanks so much for coming in today, guys. Thank you Thanks for, having, for having, us. having us. Great to have you. Merry Christmas. Merry Thank Christmas. You. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Marvin Caron is with us uh, with Shakespeare. First of all, thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having in us. In the interest of full disclosure, and our listeners know this, but I, I'm sure you do too, I'm, I'm, I'm a Shakespeare fanatic. I just actually last night was watching the the old version of Romeo and Juliet with oh Olivia yeah. Hussey. And, uh, oh, yeah. My, that's my favorite Shakespeare play, but I mean, there's Macbeth. Years ago when we went to London, Rebecca and I went to London, uh, I'll tell you the quick story. Uh, we went on a whim to the Globe Theater, and we said, you know, gee, we're here in London. Uh, we got the last two tickets to go see a Macbeth. It was the Royal Shakespeare Company, and it was uh, just a, a, the experience of a lifetime because it's the recreation, of course, of the original theater. Yeah. Uh, the cushions are not a penny anymore. I can tell you that. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for sure. It's, yeah. it's, and, of course, we've been to, to Stratford so many times, too. Uh, How did you get involved in this? Uh, in Shakespeareans? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm a, a trained actor. I, I, I graduated from the National Theatre School of Canada after being born and raised in Hamilton. There you 82, go. 82 Thorndale Crescent and Westdale. And uh, then I went away to university, and uh, coming out of university, I applied to law school, teachers' college, and the National Theatre School of Canada, and I got in there. And um, I spent some time as an actor, and then the acting career started to wobble a bit, so I went back to school. And I got my teaching certification, and I figured, well, I'll supply teach, and you know, when I when I when I'm not working as an actor, this will be a nice way to, sure. to supplement the income. I was uh, 
in what they call a long-term occasional position, an LTO at York Mills Collegiate in Toronto. And R.H. Thompson, uh, the award-winning Canadian yeah. actor, yeah, who was just Matthew on Anne of, uh, with an E, yeah. it was just cancelled by the CBC and Netflix, mm. unfortunately. Anyway, he's a friend of mine. I called him up. I said, Robert, come on up. To, I don't I have no idea what we'll do. We'll just noodle around like two actors do. We'll, we'll try and get the kids engaged in Shakespeare. My department head heard that R.H. Thompson was coming. He said, well, he's not just doing it for your, 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 your class. And he booked the auditorium for all the grade <laughs> 12s, right? And for Everybody week, wants to get in on a good thing. And for weeks after, kids were coming up to me. Oh, that guy was really cool. Can, can, can he come back? And I, hmm. and I was talking to Robert a few months afterwards. And we put together a proposal for the Toronto District School Board. And um, the, the, the proposal involves actors going into classrooms, demystifying Shakespeare for kids, showing them how actors overcome the language, in quotation marks, problem, right? Um, we started as a 20-school pilot program for the Toronto District School Board. We're now in over two dozen boards of education all over the GTA. Just got back from New York. I did three workshops in the Bronx with my fiance Jennifer Walton, um, who is an actor and has got a movie coming out, which uh, debuts tonight in BC uh, at a festival there. Anyway, uh, about f- a few years after that, which is why I'm here today, we started a summer program for under-resourced kids. A year after that, and after hours program for under uh, for sorry at risk youth which we're going to be running here in Hamilton as we did the summer program last summer and we, we're moving everything to Hamilton from Toronto and so that those are our three programs and that's how things got started our, our middle daughter actually spent a couple of summers at the theater Aquarius program I mean acting uh, it's performing uh, is is it's a, an incredible experience I know uh, but Shakespeare is something altogether different and and you talked about barriers and I know grade nine Merchant of Venice, uh, you know, and, and on and on it goes. And, and the common complaint is, well, I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't get the language. Absolutely. Uh, once you get over that hurdle, and the language is not that difficult, of course, uh, this is some of the most brilliant writing in, in the history of literature. I mean, the, this, the, the genius of Shakespeare that comes through and the storylines and, and the hidden meanings and the double entendres. And well, it, it is. And when I started the program, uh, my late great department head, Peter Pauly, who, who helped me get the program off the ground at York Mills, he took me into a... a, a uh, an office and showed me where Shakespeare was being minimized and marginalized and eliminated from the school curriculum. And it's only gotten worse in the 20 years since Shakespeareans has been in business. But what we learned, what I learned, I, when I originally started the program, I thought this was all about uh, how, how can you not love Shakespeare? Yeah. He's the greatest, right? But I've got to tell you that even more than that, um, Shakespeareans, we, we do not look to train professional actors. Now, we've had some successful kids come through the program. Celise Emerson, who took a bus ride from Toronto to see our summer program here in Hamilton. I don't know how long it took her, but anyway, she's been, she, she was with the program for about 10 years in, in Toronto. Um, Shaquan O'Neal is now in BC doing very, very well. So we've got some of those success mm-hmm. stories. But Shakespeare, it's, it, we are not trying to train actors for the professional theater. Warren Buffett, um, in an article uh, last year said, you want to improve your chances in success in life by 50%, improve your communication skills. Absolutely. Verbal yeah. and written. Yeah. And that's what Shakespeare does. He raises your game. And so, you know, and, and, and for me, the syllogism has always been Shakespeare is hard and only smart people, sophisticated people, brilliant people can understand the language. As a result of what Shakespeareans has offered me through the school program, through the summer program, the after, I get it. I, I, I see a path through this guy. I, I understand how to access what he's driving at. Ergo, 
I must be smarter than I thought I was. <laughs> so David Daniels, who has been absolutely instrumental in keeping Shakespeareans alive, he's the most generous benefactor and former board member. He came up with our, 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 our slogan, our mission. He said, Shakespeareans is about character, confidence, and communication skills. That's what we're trying to develop. And for 22 years, we've, we've had a pretty good track record on that score. Those who are experienced in it uh, and, 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 and open to it and, and exposed to it uh, have nothing but great things to say about it. I mean, you know, there's the, the performance out of it, but I mean, just to read it. Uh, is is something in of itself. Of course, we have all the plays at home, and I've got dozens of books about Shakespeare and analysis of this. And uh, the other aspect of this too, Marvin, is is for people that say, "Oh, I don't like Shakespeare." Uh, the the number of phrases that we use in our everyday language, uh, people would be surprised how much of that is actually Shakespearean. It's it's from a, right from his plays or his yeah, sonnets. Ber- Bernard Levin has has a, he he's he's com- he's compressed them all into one thing, and I'll, I'll send it to you when I get. Home. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, but but yeah. Yeah, the, the, invariably, the kids in our summer after-hours program, they hate it, they want to drop out, they're not interested. And by the end, thanks to the CHML Children's Fund, uh, which, which helped support our, our summer program last year, our first in Hamilton, as I say, we got 28 kids, 19 of the 28, I'm not a mathematician, that's something like 77, 80%, said they want to come back next year. So they start out, it's a challenge, and they, you know, they're, not, they're, they're a little dicey about it. And by the end of it, they absolutely love it. I have parents saying my, my son is quoting Shakespeare around the house and stuff. And they absolutely love it. And it takes so little to get them engaged, to get them over that hump. Um, but uh, thankfully, um, it, it, you know, we, we've got great uh, staff who help us do that. Professional actors who come in as text coaches. Alexis Milligan, who is the Shaw Festival movement mm-hmm. coach. She comes in and does this transcendental movement thing with them and stuff. We have voice coaches, mask uh, uh, workshop leaders. They come in, they supplement the rehearsal process, and they you just see them levitate. And that's the but you can't do that with Tennessee Williams, with Arthur Miller, as good as those playwrights are, because the challenge of the language isn't there. And when these kids start, you know, the lights go on, they just start levitating. And as David Daniel says, it's character, it's confidence, it's because character, you have got to you got to persevere, and you've got to work with a team to yeah. get to, to get a show like the one CHML's Children Funds uh, off the ground. You, you got to work together. You got to persevere. It's all those indirect learning outcomes, as the teachers say. It's it's an incredible program, and it's exposing kids to to uh, the brilliance of Shakespeare. And, and there's probably no other, better way to say that than the brilliance of. And uh, we want to continue to support you with our CHML Children's Fund, and of course the, the Tree of Hope, uh, and with your support, of course, with your donations, uh, we can help programs. Like uh, like Shakespeareans and so many others, uh, we got to talk more about this. I, we're we're right out of time right back. now. Happy to come I, back. I, I got a lot of ask a lot of questions <laughs> I got to ask you about. And a lot, but I, I got to pick your brain about a lot of stuff. Thanks uh, for coming in, Marvin. Be my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks thanks for having us. And we'll hope to see some kids in July at the summer program. Thanks to 900 CHML's children. We'll Fund. have you on before then. We'll talk much more about Fantastic. that. Okay. Shakespearean. So another one of the uh, the great programs that we support with your help with the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900. 900- 
CHML. We're talking with some of our great community partners, including a, a friend I haven't seen for a long time. Andrea Butters from uh, the Wesley Urban Ministries is here. Uh, you're so busy, it's hard to get a hold of you these days. Thanks for making some time for us today. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here. Well, there's so much going on with Wesley Urban Ministries and the great work that you guys do. I mean, we, I could spend an hour just going listing some of the programs and some of the great work, but boy, you're such a key part of this community. Well, we offer quite a range of programming, yeah. and the last year we helped over 10,000 people, but I do really want to note that thanks to your support. Um, we've been offering a youth center programming in the Beasley neighborhood and also our annual um, Christmas and holiday store. So those are two programs that the Children's Fund helps us every year with. You And this is one of the great stories of this community that probably doesn't get told enough and maybe not enough people know about is is the outreach that you do within the community, even around your your neighborhood in that area there. Uh, you know, the breakfast programs, things of this nature, the outreach that you guys do to try to help families uh, and it, you don't make a big deal about it. You know, you don't run the wrap the flagpole and say, look what we're doing. You just do it, and, and the community benefits from it. We have over 20 different locations, and uh, we have increasingly a neighborhood hubs. So a neighborhood where we have everything ranging from child care to before and after school care um, to drop-in programs, employment services. And uh, we feel it's a great way for families and individuals to receive support in uh, one location. Well, exactly. And, and, and again, people think, okay, Okay, they, you know, you have the dinners, you do the meals, you do the Christmas and Thanksgiving stuff and all that. But I mean, you go into your your place any given day of the week, and there's people there learning how to do uh, resumes, learning how to apply for jobs, any number of different things, going online to try to find out where they might be able to apply for a job and things of this situation. Yeah, it's multi-dimensional what you guys are actually doing. Well, we're always working to obviously meet immediate needs, such as um, serving meals um, and making sure people have a, a place to sleep in the evening, but always working towards long-term success and independence on, in housing and employment and education. Those are always what we're working towards long-term. Well, and those are the essential goals for an awful lot of people. I mean, people that have had some downturns in their life, and, and you know, you and I have talked about some of the stories and some of the people that, that, that you've seen over the years, and, and uh, sometimes it's a, it's a one-off thing. It, somebody's had a bad year. Uh, so it could be anything. It could be a, 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 a medical problem. It could be an emotional problem, a job loss, anything like that, and all of a sudden they find themselves in a circumstance, and, and you're there for them. Well, we have this uh, woman who I'm so happy for. This is her first Christmas in three years that she's been uh, reunited with her kids. Um, they attend local schools here, and uh, she did experience homelessness a couple years ago. And we were um, there the first day um, providing her meals and then helping her work towards housing. Um, she's back in her own housing, and she is so excited. And our kids have accessed our knapsack drive, and they'll be accessing our Christmas store. And she's just such a quiet and proud woman and is um, speaks about how her kids think um, that she's just grown so much in her confidence and her um, taking on responsibilities in life over the last couple of years. But but that's typical of the program that you guys do, though. I mean, let's face it, when people fall under hard times, sometimes it's it's a little difficult for them to reach out. Uh, you know, they, they're, some of them are ashamed of it, which they shouldn't be, but they are. Uh, there's no judgment here uh, with you guys. It's just, hey, we're here to help. What can we do for you? And, and you, you give them that hand up. Well, that's one of my favorite things about our annual Christmas and holiday store. You don't have to be a client of Wesley. It's open for anyone mm -hmm. in the community. Um, 
Christmas is a really fun time of year. Um, it's such a special time of year, but it also can be really stressful sure. if um, you're isolated or if you're already under financial stress. So the program, people can uh, register and they receive food and new gifts for every person in their family. Um, it, I really love that adults also get um, a new gift as well. And uh, we're open this year until December 21st. So if you know someone in the community um, who might be struggling this time of year, we just encourage you to uh, really reach out to them and let them know the program is available um, or if you're looking for a volunteer opportunity or want to donate an item. So there's more information on our website, wesley.ca. You mentioned the back back program. I want you to talk a little bit about that. That's that's kind of special. It is really special. Um, throughout our through our summer camps and our other programs for children and youth, um, before kids go back to school, we provide them a knapsack filled with supplies, and individuals and families and businesses uh, really get together um, and raise those donations, and also individuals uh, donate money, and then we can go out and buy um, items in bulk. And I just think that it's really providing a lot of um, encouragement um, to those kids going back to school and um, some of the kids that we're supporting are facing a lot of barriers and I just think it's one of my uh, favorite annual traditions at Wesley. It's a traumatic time for kids, for parents too, so obviously going back to school in September, uh, but especially for kids because I mean, it can be a, a big change. Oftentimes, I know a lot of the kids you deal with uh, are changing schools because oftentimes families that are in circumstances like that uh, move from neighborhood to neighborhood depending on availability of housing and a number of things like that. So it's, it's a matter of making new friends, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, apprehension about, you know, going into a brand new school year. What's the teacher going to be like? Uh, and you basically say, here's everything you need. Sorry here. You know, go off and, and, you know, and by the way, if you need help with other stuff or somebody to talk to, you're there for them for that too. Well, we have a great young adult um, who she she told me that the knapsack drive was one of the only things she could rely on every year. She um, grew up in a low-income family and um, her father had mental health issues, a lot of um, barriers that her family had. But she knew she could rely on Wesley and the knapsack drive. And she not only finished high school, which was the first family but she went off to university and she's working on her master's and That's great. she comes back she doesn't live in Hamilton now but she comes back every year to volunteer um, with Wesley over the holidays and I'm just so proud of her um, and uh, really thankful that all the staff and volunteers at Wesley who uh, supported her along the way it's got to give you a nice warm feeling though to see people progress like that and, and succeed uh, and, 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 you know, you, you're giving them the building blocks. You're the, you're the one that's giving them that hand up and say, look, you can still do this. Well, it's a real community effort, yeah. I would say. And so we're so thankful for um, groups like yourself and uh, really all the community partners that we're involved with um, to help make those successes possible. And then also, let's not give up when things seem challenging because we can uh, keep mm-hmm. working towards um, people's um, independence and sometimes a support of independence. Not everyone has that grand kind of life story where they become fully independent. Um, Sometimes people take smaller steps and we want to make sure that um, we congratulate and support them on those smaller steps as well. Now, you mentioned uh, the the different locations and et et cetera. You reach out to the whole community. This is not just an inner city situation. I mean, uh, because the people that you touch and, and the people that you help are they're in Ancaster, they're in Waterdown, they're they're every place. I mean, uh, you could be and should be a, in every location. Uh, expansion can be difficult, though. It takes money. It takes a lot of dedication from community. Well, I would say the f- um, when you mentioned Ancaster, one of our first residents of our youth housing program for youth who are facing homelessness or imminent homelessness actually came from the community of Ancaster. So um, we have to make sure that we realize that yes, there are neighborhoods in Hamilton that have higher rates yeah. um, of poverty. 
poverty, but people all over the city can experience uh, barriers and mm-hmm. uh, poverty or homelessness, and we want to make sure that we're able to support them. What's uh, 2020 looking like? Well, 2020 is going to be an exciting year as always. Um, I am really um, excited um, and very pleased to say You have an announcement to make. I do actually that the city announced this morning that they have secured a site for an amalgamated day center and a CTS. So that's uh, consumption and treatment services. And we just really look forward to sharing those details in the new year. So um, really want to thank the community for all their support and particularly our clients and our volunteers and our staff um, for all their patience as we have worked to come um, towards a a solution um, to what we experienced in 2019. Well, it was a big story. We talked about it when the the announcement was made that you had to close down the the other location, Uh, but you never gave up. Uh, you just said there's got to be a way, and, and you were diligent about this, and uh, I give you credit for this. Uh, our good friend Paul Johnson, of course, who works for the city of Hamilton, I said, I've talked to Paul about it a number of times, and, and, uh, and he said, you know, we're going we're gonna to find a way to make this work, and, and you've done that. Congratulations. Well, we've really been working closely with the city of Hamilton, and we look forward to um, that continued uh, working relationship and are just very pleased to make that announcement today. Well, there's going to be, uh, I guess, an official announcement about this just after the Christmas holidays, early in the new year. Uh, so we'll look forward to that and, and, and the new location, and uh, we'll certainly talk about that. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Andrea. You're such an important part of this community. You reach out and you touch so many lives. Thank you. I want to tell one more very exciting yeah, yeah. piece um, that uh, we were named one of the top 15 charities all across Canada. Um, Charity Intelligence ranks charities based on the work that they do and their financial responsibilities. So we're in the top 15. Excellent. Um, we're just so pleased and just really want to thank all the people that we have the privilege of working with, as well as the community support. Uh, we really couldn't have done it without you. Well, and we're so proud to be one of those partners, of course, with our CHML Children's Fund. Thanks so much. Thank you so much and have a wonderful Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to each and every one of you too. Andrea Butters from uh, Wesley Urban Ministries. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. 900 CHML. It's Blitz Day as uh, we kick off our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope officially, of course. The unofficial kickoff was uh, last month with the Realtors Auction. And and by the way, uh, thanks again to the Realtors. Uh, They dropped by a little while ago. $87,000 donation. $87,000 thousand dollar donation to our chml christmas tree of hope campaign for this year uh that's that's jump starting the campaign i gotta tell you uh you don't have to donate eighty seven thousand. i mean if you can you want to that's fine we'd love to have it but even a buck anything it all adds up and it's all going to help make a christmas and a better holiday christmas season uh for each and every person here in the hamilton area and of course we've talked to a a number of our community partners of the program today that deliver many of those services and uh, we are pleased uh, of course with our chml children's fund uh, to be a conduit for that and uh, to be able to uh, help uh, those agencies do the great work that they do, like uh, our friend Andrea Butters, who was just here from Wesley Urban Ministries and so many other great programs. Uh, and we'll continue with those discussions. Uh, Rick Zamperin is going to be in for uh, Scott Thompson from uh, noon till 3 today. But Scott doesn't get the day off. Uh, he's uh, going to be broadcasting from 3 until 7 tonight. He's going to be at Gore Park, as he has been for many years now, for the official lighting of the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope. Uh, so you're invited down there. They usually have some hot cider and, uh, and lots of music and some entertainment. And, of course, the official tree lighting, which will happen just around dusk, uh, as has happened in past years, too. So, uh, And then for the rest of the weekend, both uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, right around the noon hour, the early part of the day, uh, we're going to be at Lime Ridge Mall on the upper level, uh, right by the bay at that end of the mall. Uh, and we'll be, again, talking to some special guests. But you can make your donation there, too. We'll have some of our CHML staff there 
to uh, accept your donation of an unwrapped toy or, of course, anything you'd want to contribute and can contribute to our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope and the CHML Children's Fund. We look forward to meeting you again uh, this weekend, as we have done for many, many years, too, uh, for the uh, Tree of Hope campaign. If you want to donate online, uh, it might be easier for you. Just go to our webpage, 900chml.com, and follow the links for the Children's Fund and the Tree of Hope, and you can make an online donation, and that'll make it off a lot easier for you. Uh, I love doing the show this time of year, and I love doing the Blitz Day because we get to uh, renew acquaintances with a lot of our good friends, and you've met many of them, of course, on the program, and uh, including our next guests, uh, who uh, go back a long way with us now. I was just talking with uh, Jessica a couple of minutes ago about this, about how long we actually have uh, started this this friendship and this partnership we've had. Uh, Jessica Finocchio, of course. Uh, we first met Jessica, of course, with uh, with her son Caleb years ago. Uh, Caleb's, uh, well, we'll get to Caleb in a couple of seconds, but uh, uh, Jonah is here. Jonah Finocchio is here. First of all, Jess, thanks for coming back in, and good to see you again. It's good to see you, too. I can't believe how many years we've been doing this now. Yeah, I think it's about 13 years now. Because when you started uh, and you co- approached us, uh, Ron Foxcroft, a good friend of ours, of course, was the the the, the chair of the, the Children's Fund campaign that year and the Tree of Hope campaign, and you called us, and uh, Caleb was having a birthday party, at, yes. uh, what was it called, Little Goobers? Little Goobers. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, I don't even know if it's still there, isn't it? Um, there's one in Burlington yeah. still, but not in uh, Stony th- Creek. This, yeah, this is what, it's right out by, it was out at, in those days, out by Stony Creek Furniture, out in, uh, just off the highway there. And you invited us to the birthday party, and, and Foxy and I went out there. It was a Saturday uh, late afternoon, uh, and you had pizza and, and, and everything else. But the cute thing about this was that, and this was really, it was Caleb's idea. He says, instead of gifts, you, well, you, you, you tell the story. Yep. So he decided he had lots of toys of his own and he just wanted to have a fun birthday party. So he invited all his friends and asked instead of gifts for them to bring donations for the Christmas Tree of Hope. By the way, he had about 500 friends. I mean, the place was packed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a very popular guy, obviously. Uh, and and you made that donation. And of course, they all made a donation. And of course, you brought that with us. And you've carried on that tradition for how many years now? I think this will be our 13th year. Because uh, I just asked how Caleb's doing. He's in grade 12 now yes he was a little guy when (laughs) we started doing this thing i mean literally i mean you know they had those tunnels that you can run through as kids i mean he didn't even have to to bend down to get into that and i was (laughs) in grade 12 (laughs) yeah gosh thank god we're not getting older uh but anyway uh as he's gotten older of course uh well it's it's uh it's 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 jonah's turn now and he's been doing this for uh, three or four years i guess haven't you jonah yes yeah you so you do a birthday party every year now when's your birthday July 1st. Okay, so it's right in the middle of the summertime, but even though it's hot outside and everything else, you're thinking about Christmas time and the Tree of Hope, aren't you? Yes. So you've asked your friends every year, instead of giving you gifts, to make a donation to the Tree of Hope. Yep. All right. And and, and how do they, when you say that to them, how do they react? They say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea? Yes. Yeah? And you, you've been doing this for a few years now, too. Uh, so you had the party this July. Yep. Was it at the house or did you go someplace? Uh, I went to someplace. Where was it? <laughs> Amazing Adventures Playland. Okay, now where's that? It's up on Nebo Road. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. In the industrial park. There. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And what did you guys do there? Um, There's like this ball machine and there's tunnels. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit like Little Goobers. Same Very idea. much the same. Like an yeah. obstacle course, basically. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you guys had a blast, and then you had, uh, did you get pizza again this year? Um, yes. Okay, and, and, and lots of pop and stuff like that, and everybody had a really good time? Yeah. And you've uh, you've brought a donation? Yes. What have you got there? Well, you got an envelope here. Yeah. And what's in that? $400. Are you kidding? 
No. You've got some very wealthy friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. $400 donation from your birthday party. Oh, it's incredible, Jonah. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. You know where that's going to go, right? It's going to help other little kids to get toys that may not get toys up for Christmas time and maybe a Christmas dinner. Yep. It's a great idea. You are such a great citizen uh, to, to think of the community like this. You're carrying on the tradition, Jess. Absolutely. It's it's great because, I mean, he's fortunate enough that, you know, mom and dad still buy him his present at, at his birthday. Um, but he just wants to have a fun time. So mm-hmm. he invites the whole class so he can do that. Um, and it, it's great to just use it to help others. Well, it's it's to my way of thinking, and I was actually just talking to Foxy about this the other day because we still talk about that because it was such a great experience for us. This is this is typical of of the kind of spirit of of the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope to have somebody like your family, Caleb and now Jonah, simply saying, you know what, we can do that. It doesn't have to be a big deal, although you guys have a great deal of time. But four hundred dollars is an incredible donation. Uh, from kids at a birthday party, but it's all about the community giving back and and you guys giving back into the community. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much for coming in, and it's great to see you again. Thanks. Okay. Merry Christmas, Jonah. Thank you. All right, and thank you, Jess, so much. I look, I look forward to next year, okay? We'll yep. do this again real soon, okay? In about 12 months' time. And, and happy <laughs> birthday in July, okay? Okay. Thanks so much. Uh, the the Finocchio is once again a $400 donation to our CHML Christmas Tree of Hope. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.